tonight. I, I have quite a bit of information, but um, I don't want it to be a, a, a full lecture, but I do have a few things I want to go through, and, and then I'll, I'll have some questions I need you guys to help me with. But uh, um, all of this comes from, from my struggles with prayer. So um, when I'm when I talk about prayer, it's it's coming from my struggles. So please understand that that this is uh, this is coming from my heart, and I hope that you'll be uh, you'll have some benefit from it as well. So, what does prayer feel like um, uh, to us? I think sometimes it's it's so routine. It's like it's like brushing our teeth. We we get up and we pray. Um, and um, and with really no uh, uh, no not much thought to it. Uh, sometimes maybe our very words and thoughts are routine, and maybe there's a lack of connection to actually who we're talking to. Um, sometimes it might seem that prayer is one-sided, um, since since God left His word on this side of the cross. Uh, It may seem that there is no answer to prayer. Uh, we read about answer to prayer in the Old Testament. We read about it in the New Testament. But, uh, but we're on this side of the cross and we have this full revelation. Um, maybe it may seem like prayer is doing no good in our minds, but it's a cultural thing. And we do it anyway because that's what Christians do. Uh, it's what we're supposed to do. And it's polite to respond that I'm praying for you. Um, and maybe uh, prayer and the benefits of prayer. Maybe sometimes we have these thoughts that uh, that well, if folks get what they pray for, they would have gotten it anyway. Uh, if folks don't get what they pray for, well, that's typical, uh, and and thus it's a waste of valuable time. Actually, um, that they could be working to accomplish those same aspirations. And maybe we don't verbalize all this. Uh, I know we don't. Uh, uh, but, but our thought process and how we actually use prayer in our daily lives may not be that far off. Uh, and I, I want us to be honest with ourselves uh, tonight so we can all get better, uh, so I can get better. Um, there's an evil from the devil uh, that destroys prayer and that intimate relationship we have with our Father. And, and it's, it's called cynicism. Cynicism. Um, I struggle with that. The cynicism is the belief that human conduct, um, well, not just human conduct, but conduct in general is, is motivated wholly by self-interest and I say not just human because because we can be cynical towards towards God too. Cynicism is a defeated weariness. We have it toward each other sometimes and and that can translate to God, our Father. Um, it's the idea that there is no more good, only survival. Um, and the devil sold this this wickedness to Eve. Uh, this idea that that God was holding out on her. Um, he said, for God knows that when you eat this fruit that your eyes are going to be open. And so one of the devil's ploys is to cast doubt on God's goodness and move forward without, without him. And so you can see how this would tie into a, uh, your, your prayer life or your lack of, uh, what good would it do to consult God anyway? What good would it do to pray um, if, if God is holding out on us? Um, it's the idea of trusting no one because we think there's an angle in every motive. We doubt people, we doubt God, and we protect ourselves. Instead of drawing people together, we are taught to, to segregate the cynical attitude destroys intimacy 
between Christians and it quenches the spirit toward God. And I admit I've often prided myself, I've, I've even bragged in times past on how cynical I, I was. Uh, um, and I guess it made me superior um, in some way. Like I know everything and that I can, I can see through everything. But I don't know everything and I don't want to see through everything. I want a pure heart and I want to see God. That's, that's one of those beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart for they see God. Not through Him. He's not out to get me and He, and he doesn't want me to flounder around. Um, this there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that speaks to this idea of, of cynicism and seeing through. Um, you cannot go on seeing through things forever, he says. The whole point of seeing through something is to see something through it. So if you're looking through a, a window, uh, you're seeing through the window, but the point is to see something beyond the window. Um, if you see through everything then everything is transparent, he says. But a wholly transparent world is an invisible world. To see through all things is the same as not to see anything at all. Um, and so you see that this cynicism fails. What we want is to see God like a child sees God. I want an innocent eye asking for the impossible, and believing that it will be so. That's hard for men. That's hard for adults. That's hard for men. Um, but I want, to, uh, I want you to think about God for a second, and I want to ask a question. What makes God so worthy of inclusion in our life? Uh, what is it about God that, is, that makes him so worthy to, to have him in, in our in our pocket, or have him close. What do, what do you think? Okay, so uh, an adjective helps. I, I guess he's a creator. All right. Yes, sir. What else? What is it about? He loves us. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. He he loves us, and that he wants the best for us. And, and if we'll remember that, that he wants to help us, um, uh, that can go a long way in our prayer life. What else? But he loves and cares. Oh. He loves and cares. Yeah. Yeah. the opposite thing. He knows I don't need that. And because he is loving and cares, uh, he will withhold sometimes um, what is not needful or, or he'll perform whatever blessing he so chooses for our good always. And we, we need to trust his wisdom and, and invite him in. Uh, what else? All right, that's right. Um, and uh, tie that that really into to loving and, and caring that that uh, he wants the best for us. Um, God is also he is sovereign. Uh, oops, I don't know if that's how you spell it, but God is in control. Um, of all the details. How is he sovereign? How is he in control? I really have no idea. Um, but we need to simply trust that he is. Um, and God is also a patient God. 
Um, God is, um, his delay doesn't mean he doesn't care about us uh, when we ask for things. Uh, there could be any number of reasons why, why uh, a prayer uh, may, not, may be delayed or, or the answer to a prayer may be delayed. And again, that's not our business. Uh, we are but to pray and, and uh, let God work in, in God's time. Um, so with this knowledge about God, um, a Christian holds great, uh, great power. Uh, a man holds great power. Um, and all things are, are now possible. And my life can turn around. And maybe my, my kid's life uh, can turn around. Maybe they can come back to the Lord. And I can talk to God as, as a friend. Um, and Jesus as a as a, as a shepherd. And we don't have to be critical of motives of, of anyone, much less God, because God is all these things. And this doesn't mean that we are blind to, uh, to the bad things in this world or the effects of sin and the, uh, in this world. Everything is not pretty uh, in this world. Everything is not uplifting or, and good. Things must be dealt with um, how Jesus, uh, or how did Jesus instruct his disciples in a fallen world? He said to be like two different animals. Do you, you guys remember that? Uh, act, uh, when he sent out his apostles, be like uh, doves and snakes. He said, be, be like doves and snakes. He said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves in Matthew 10. And, and, uh, Serpents are stealthy and they don't, they're not easily caught off guard. And doves are harmless and pure. Uh, seem like two very opposite ends of the spectrum. But doves, doves don't get muddy. They don't, get, uh, they don't mix themselves up in, in a mess. Um, and they're innocent. Um, as a Christian, lacking this innocence and this purity of a dove is, is double dangerous. Uh, and I think it just leaves us uh, as a snake, um, I am so smart and cunning, we might think, that, that I don't need or use God. I have it together, we think, but I really don't have it together. I'm just pretending to. I talk a good game, but I'm, I'm really a phony, and, I, and being a double-minded person, I judge others to be phony, um, assuming that they think the way I think. And uh, there's a really good illustration of this. If you remember the, the story of, of David as he went into the camp uh, with the giant taunting the, uh, the Israelite army, and, and remember his, his older brother Eliab um, got on to him and said, I know your heart, David, uh, that, that you just want to be here to watch the show. Um, and and um, you know, Eliab was a warrior in, in God's army. Uh, but he was nevertheless cowering in, in, the, in his tent like everybody else in Israel. Um, and his superior attitude rebukes David for being phony, uh, you know, saying, I, I see through you, David. Uh, Eliab was, was cynical, and, he, and he, he basically personified this in, in, in his younger brother, um, and his ability to see, or Eliab's ability to see, actually was blinding him. Um, and even though David was in harmony with God, uh, and David thought, "I, you know, God can fix this situation, guys," and and uh, and there was no doubt in his mind. Um, and Israel's unbelief was was even odd to David. Um, and Eliab uh, was cynical of David's motives because maybe his own motives were that way. So instead of trying to reason his way through life with what made sense to him, Eliab needed to repent and, and put God in his rightful place as Lord and Deliverer. Um, and, and, 
And so how can we apply this principle in, in our life? Um, I think we be like David. We look uh, in a situation, we come up to a problem. David came up to the problem. And what did he immediately think of when he came to this? this yeah, he said, this is a big problem here. I know who can solve it. We as men, do we do that? I mean, we run into all sorts. Of, this was a physical problem. We think, well, that was, phys, uh, you know, that was, a, that was kind of a very spiritual thing. Oh, that was a very physical thing. This, this was a huge dude. Um, oh, I, I, the attitude, I think so. I, I made myself to try to say three prayers a day. And it's very difficult. Now, when you, when you put your mind to it, uh, it's not that difficult. But yeah. are we saying anything we have a prayer to say, should that count? I'm so glad you brought that up because this is perfect. So what is a prayer? What What is a prayer? Yeah, so... How did God describe a prayer? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 has what I think is a, is a beautiful way that prayer is described. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, and it doesn't even mention prayer. But Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You got the visual? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. So prayer and, and life with Jesus is, is intimate. Life with Jesus is like, is like having him for dinner. And, and uh, imagine that, having the Lord there at your dinner table. When you talk to the Lord, you are, you are praying, you are talking to Him about real things in your life that you need Him to be a part of. Uh, it's not about really the words, um, not so much about the words, but it's about the relationship um, that you have. And if you struggle with prayer, I think try to maybe remove your focus from the, the prayer itself, okay, I'm praying, and put the focus on God as the person, who you're praying to. Uh, it's very much like a marriage. Um, I'm married to Kim, um, and, and I have this connection with her, but if I come home uh, from work and, and, and she's off sitting somewhere, and, and, I, and I come through and I, I, do a, I do a nod, and that's all she gets. Uh, that we are still married, but we have no connection. Um, and, and uh, you know, I need to strive to, to make my connection deeper with her and, and all the time. And I, I think the same is, is with our Lord in everything, even beyond uh, I mean, what we can perceive a marriage should be like. Uh, my, my wife has helped me, but also I, I count the prayer. I've got to work. I count the prayer. Okay. And I've had to use for lunch. I hope I have a great lunch. You know, yeah. and I don't know if that's is a long, I don't know if that's a prayer or not. If you are connecting with your father, um, and uh, in you know in a in a biblical and spiritual and an, even a physical way, uh, I think a lot about Enoch and and how did he walk with God? And he he lived a lot of years, 365 years, and he walked with God. If we met him today, what would we think about him? I think he would just be talking about God all the time because he was walking with him. And, 
And what, would, what do we want people to think about us? Um, they need to see God in us. And so if we are not talking to God constantly, um, at, at least have, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, uh, ignore everything else and, and have, you know, and be a fruitcake. You know, you've got to, you can do this. You can have God in your life and not seem crazy. Um, but I don't know. Y'all, y'all, I'll open it up. What do y'all think? <laughs> it's very difficult. It's very difficult. We're busy people. Um, and uh, we've got schedules. We've got plans. We've got maps to lead us places that we, uh, that we think we need to go. And, and we've got to pick up uh, our sister. And we've got to pick up groceries. And, and who has time to pray? Because we've got all this stuff all the time. Yes, sir. Continuously, and he says, "Let's do it. Let's do it." And I challenge you, pray continuously. Yeah. Well, I can't say, "Dear Heavenly Father," and just you know, you. So I suggested to him, if I'm on the tractor, if I'm in my truck, or whatever, and I'm thinking about something spiritual, whether it's teaching somebody or wishing something better for somebody. Uh, so is that prayer? If, if you're inviting God into that thought, then yes. Um, you know, I, I think it's incredible, because we're talking crazy, um, right? Like, I think it's incredible that God knows our thoughts. Yeah. You know, the All devil right. doesn't know our thoughts. Uh, the angels don't know our thoughts. The only two beings that know our thoughts are God and us. And so if we're inviting God into those thoughts and allowing him to be a part of everything that we think, um, then, then, yeah, I think that would count as prayer. Well, something that, that comforted me is when it says the Spirit knows your thoughts and he will uh, intercede for you. Groaning to be for words. Yeah. And groaning's too deep for words. So you've got to put God in the room with you, wherever you are, and have that relationship that you're comfortable with God in the room with you. Yes, sir? You know, think about Nehemiah. He, he prayed and fasted for days, probably, over um, how sad he was about the condition of Jerusalem and the temple. And when he went before the king, the king recognized his sadness. Mm-hmm. and asked, you know, why are you sad? And we're told, before I answered, I prayed to God. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he left the room and went and to a closet somewhere and had a lengthy prayer. Right. You know, but he communicated with God right. before God he answered the king's question. And, and it was, he had to make God real. God is, God is a person. God was a person to Nehemiah. And, and it's so much so that just like, you know, my interaction with my, my spouse can, can cause my, my face to be happy or sad or anything, uh, then my interactions with my Lord and, and what, what I'm working out with Him in, in my life, um, you know, His Spirit is real, His, his Son is real, and, and, uh, and He is our Father, um, and there's a word that I'm, I'm going to put up here that is so important. Is uh, men we are we are dependent. Uh, we are independent people, right? I mean, a lot of us. That's what we pride ourselves on. That we we'll get it done. We'll fix it. We'll do it. It doesn't matter what it takes. We're going to get it done. But um, but is this is this what we're really needing? As, as Christian men, uh, this do-it-yourself DIY is not for the Christian. Um, dependency is the heartbeat of prayer. Um, 
I read that somewhere. In Hebrews 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help in time of need. We, we are in need. We are men that does not have it together. And God knows that. And we, as soon as we can learn that, um, God will lift up honest people, real people. And why? Because you have come from a place where you are, not where a place that you're pretending to be. Um, um, and, and, you know, that's, that was David. I think about how he approached things. He, you, you read those Psalms. He came from a place that was real. Um, I think a fallacy of prayer is uh, one must become perfect before we approach God. I don't think that's true. Um, and, and since we are far from, from perfect, uh, what's the use in praying? Um, look no further than the, the prayer of the Pharisee and the publican. Um, that, that publican, uh, he laid himself bare before the Lord. Uh, in complete humility, and he needed help, and Jesus said, that's the guy that I'm listening to. Um, so, dependence. Um, and when I think of dependence, I, I, think of, I think of children. We need to be like, like a child. Um, a child is so honest. Uh, not pretentious, not flowery in their language. They don't, they don't parse their words. Um, uh, they are simple and they are real. Um, and, and that verse in Matthew chapter 7, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. These are promises made by our Lord. For everyone who asks, receives, and you seeks, finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. For what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give God, how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Exclamation point. A young child can't imagine that their parents are going to withhold the good stuff especially the little cute ones. Um, they cry out when the need, uh, uh, until their need is fulfilled. And, and intuitively, they trust you as a parent. They believe and they know that you're going you're gonna to get it for them. And we have, we have those things in the Scriptures, the persistent widow, you all remember that story? In Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8, she just pestered and... and um, and, and this was the one that, that, uh, that, you know, Jesus, he was testing her or something, but, but she was persistent and she, she wanted to, um, no, I'm mixing up the one that healed the daughter. What was the Luke chapter 18? Uh, unjust judge. Oh, yeah, getting, going to the unjust judge. And, and he said, go away, you bother me. And, and she wouldn't go away, and, and she persisted. Um, and, and, and then the, the loaves, when the guy goes to his friend in the middle of the night, knocks on the door, I, I need some bread, I need some bread for my friends, I need some bread, uh, and in Luke chapter 11. And, and because of his persistence, and, and the lesson following that is, look, if, if, uh, if you are persistent, uh, good things will happen and the Lord loves you more than this unjust lo uh, judge loves you and more than this sleepy friend loves you. And then, yes, the woman that who's, she was a Gentile woman and she was pestering Jesus to heal her daughter. And, and finally, uh, after he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not giving bread to the dogs and she said uh, something about, about, well, even the dogs lick up the crumbs from the table and and he said, great is your faith. You didn't stop. You, you went on and on, and that's what we need to do um, is, is keep knocking, uh, keep seeking. And, and it, you know, 
it may not be that we get what we are asking for, but that is not our place. Our place is to ask um, and pour our heart out. Um, these types of people impressed the Lord. The Lord liked these types of people, and I think if they will, He will be impressed by us if we are like kids too, that we won't quit. We, we will ask, we will beg, we will annoy and say whatever is on our mind with no regard to what is appropriate, Charles, or inappropriate. I mean, what's an appropriate prayer? That's a good question. Yes, sir. I always think about you know, the scene in the garden where God walked and talked to him. Yes. I think that's what he wants us to do. I think he wants us to talk and walk with him. There are many times during the day where I'm not doing a formal prayer, but I see something in nature that sparks something in me to know that that's created by God just like I am. I thank God for allowing me to see that, whether it's sunbeams coming through the clouds or something like that. And I just know that that's created by God. I thank him for allowing me to see that. You know, I, I think it's more of a conversational tone for me when I'm, although I'm very reverent and know that he's my creator, I'm talking to, but me personally, I, I, I'm in more of a conversational tone with him like he's my father, yes. and I'm talking to my father, and I'm letting him know the things that are going on with me and things that I'm needing in my life. And, you know, as, as a young Christian, I, I was very formal in my prayers, even at night, I, but now that I've grown older and, and I've become more just comfortable with my father, I, I, I talk to him conversationally. I believe that. I think you're exactly right. I, they were in paradise when they were walking and talking with God. And, and that is, that's where we want to be, right? So I am so with you. The, I, think, I think a lot of you mature Christians uh, um, probably have this more developed than some of the younger, younger guys. You know, we... Uh, younger guys think, well, this is a prayer, you know, it's, it's going to be about 40 seconds long and I'm going to be done with it. Um, but we're not done. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to start with dear Heavenly Father. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be this packaged, um, eloquent poem. Um, it's, it's right. It's, it's walking and talking with God. It's, it's, Lord, what do you think about this situation? It, it's, Lord, I, you know I'm going into this meeting and, and uh, I need your help. On, I need it. Um, and yes, it's a Nehemiah. It's, it's so right. Uh, and I had that Adam and Eve. That's, that's what they had it. They had that paradise. And we, uh, I'm not saying this is paradise, but we can... We can emulate what they had if we have that connection. Well, I think if you personally, your person, if you talk to God and you feel like that He answered you, I think that's as good as you're going to get. Uh, and feelings are, are, are tough. I mean, because I, I think you just, it is. We are but to pray. We are but to continue to talk. And, and what are we after, really? Why do we pray? We really want that relationship with God. We want to walk with God like they did. And, and I don't know that we should seek an a, a end result because I think the results will come. That's God's business. We are but to pray. We are but to continue the, to develop the relationship with God. And the only way is to continue, continue to communicate. That's right. Yes, and and we shouldn't be surprised um, when it happens. Um, the, remember that we are sons of God. I've got two of those. I've got two boys, and I, I would do anything for them. Um, 
And God is so much better than I am. And I am His Son. And He is my spiritual Father, my spiritual Dad. As the song says, the Creator uh, of the universe is the loving Father of us all. That's incredible! Um, and I, I love it when my kids, when they were young, called me Daddy. Um, and, and it's because what, what they were really saying was, I need you and I want you. Um, and, and I think that is a, a childlike relationship with our Father. We need to be respectful, obviously, but, but again, treat him as if he's in the room. Um, Galatians 4 and verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. I'm going to read that again. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His sons into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. So, we are His sons. We have the Spirit of God that cries out to God. There's... So, what is, what is our motivation uh, to pray? What, what, what are motivations to pray? Yes, sir. When you said a while ago uh, about boldly be- come before God, it always brings me back to God wants a relationship, number one, commands us to have that relationship, and he went so far as to let Jesus die on the cross so that we could pray to him. Yeah. Right. What, what should we hold back None. If he did that for us, what should we hold back? Yeah. And that's the motivation I have. That's all. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yes. There's nothing. I mean, there. And we need to. We need to really throw away this. Am I praying the right way? Um, I. I've got a. Just. I've got a. Uh, it used to be my. I, I was in a Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Uh, and and long story short, the, the young man is, is 30 years old now, and he's on death row for killing somebody. Uh, this was before I, and uh, I've been writing to him, trying to share the gospel with him in, on death row. And he wrote to me, he says, Jesse, I don't know how to pray. Um, and, and, you know, then just that question, people don't, they think there's a, you know, a, a wrong way. They think there's a wrong way to talk to God. And I think if, if you, are, you, you have a heart that wants to be with God, then, then you're not going to be wrong. Um, you know, obviously it, you train yourself with the Word, but uh, anyway, well said. I often, I often tell God in my prayer, I, you know my heart, Father. And, and by that, I mean... You know my relationship. You know what I'm doing. I'm praying to you. Yeah. And I may be walking through the woods or whatever. I yeah. just, you know, I just want him to know that, that I need him and, and want him to be with me. There's he knows a, that. He knows that. And that's that's why he need that's why he wants us to know that we need to pray for that reason. So that we can feel him in our life. Amen. Uh, there are some times that, that and I, I know all of you have probably, maybe not all of you, but if you've lived long enough that you have dropped to your knees in, in total, I don't know what to do kind of fashion. Uh, I've, I've reached a point uh, that, that uh, you know, you, were, you felt forced, I mean, you, you were forced to your knees. There, there was a Something has gone on that you just have absolutely, you are so helpless, you have no control. And, and why do we wait so long for, for until we're forced into these? I, I don't know. Um, but this is precisely the praying uh, where I have felt most connected to God that, uh, and felt the most comfort is when I was completely helpless. I don't know if you've had similar situations, but I just unloaded 
to God, even, even crying out, uh, calling on his name. Um, um, and and I, I think about Peter. Uh, you know, he's, he's walking on the water and he's looking at Jesus and he says, got that connection with you. And, and then he leaves his focus off and he begins to sink and then he realizes, oh no, and he cries out, Lord, save me. And, and Jesus rebukes him, but not for saying, Lord, save me. He rebukes him for the connection that was lost. Um, Jesus was, I know, thrilled about him looking back to Jesus and saying, Lord, save me, instead of hollering for the boys in the boat to come, come and row over here and get me. No. He said, Lord, save me. Um, and Jesus was right there with his hand, right there. And that's what we need to remember in our in our life, uh, because you know I I don't know how God works is not my business, but uh, but Jesus says knock and it's going to be opened. Um, maybe maybe you've already said this, but for me, my biggest motivation usually is I just want God working in my life. And I do not want to be left to my own devices, right? So he promises that he will work in my life. I don't know how, necessarily, but he promises that he will work in my life if I pray to him. And so that's what I want. I want his working in my life. I don't want it to just be up to me because that's not going to turn out. So going off of that, y'all tell me, uh, give me, give me some specifics when we should cry out to the Lord. What? Give just, just. What did you say? When continually? Yes, but you know, let's give us just some things to think about. Time of decision. Time of decision. All right. Decision time. Yes. What else? I most often do it when I'm at my happiest. I just praise him for allowing me to feel that way. Yes. Exaltation. Just you are just. Um, because I know he's really, there. I yeah. know he's, he's, I'm a result of that, of him being in my life. And I thank you for it. When else do we cry? I don't thank think you. there is a precise time that you should. You're right. It's all the time. It's, it's all, all the time. time. Anytime you think it is. Yes. But, uh, um, you know, men, we, we are to be thankful. Um, in the good times and the bad, you know, thankful that we're learning endurance, that we're learning patience, that we're we're learning obedience because maybe we might be suffering. Um, those are hard times to be thankful, but uh, but the beauty of this Christian life uh, is that it doesn't matter what's going on, whether you're here or or you're at the bottom. Um, um, that we have such a father that uh, that he turns the devil on his head. You know, it's just you know the devil tries one thing and and God got that too. Uh, it's 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 you know it's Job uh, all all over again that God won in the end anyway. Probably we we pray for stuff, yes, physical things, and we may even pray a prayer of thanks for those things. But as we as we mature, grow older, we we pray for growth, for faith, uh, for uh, for God's work, and, and as we get older. So so as we mature, there's more things to pray for. Yes, I, I think so. Is we we don't have to go to those uh, you know the concrete things that 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 we pray when we're um, anxious, you know, or we pray when uh, any any decision. Yes, Jose. Uh, when the low one is really illness, you don't suffer away, exhausted to fight for life. You pray a lot more to. 
Give a heaven to the Lord. Amen. Yes. Yes, our hearts are heavy. And and um, Jesus lost his dad probably pretty young. Um, I mean, I don't know, but at least in his 20s. Um, he knows. He knows it all. He knows the grief. Let's talk to him about it. Um, Jesus is ready and willing to help us if we believe and ask without doubting. Um, Jesus isn't asking us to do something he hasn't done himself either. And this is, this is common, kind of the climax of this. Uh, what did he say over and over and over again? I do nothing without the Father. That was Jesus. I do nothing without the Father. Think about that. That is total dependence. The Son of God, deity in the flesh, had a perpetual intimate relationship that nothing was done apart from the other. Jesus is described praying in a very tough situation. Um, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. This, uh, and I didn't, this is another verse I didn't put together with praying, but it says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, talking about Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, he was a man, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. With vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. This was Jesus. Um, Jesus kept God close everywhere he went. He prayed, Your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. And, and let's, let's try to live that out and not just, not just pray and go about imposing our own will in the 100 difficulties that we experience every day, but let's pray your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and boy, we are missing out and, and trying to paddle up a creek um, if we don't do that. Um, and if you're like me, I feel like I'm in control if I'm, if, if I'm just holding that paddle and I'm doing something, even though I'm paddling upstream. Um, uh, but that, that prayer, your will be done as, as it is in heaven, kind of scares me because that doesn't put me in control anymore. Uh, and I don't know if I'm making sense, but uh, uh, I, sometimes we see uh, our relationship with God as a zero-sum game. Like, uh, God's going to win every time, and I'm going to lose, and that's fine because God is God, and, and I'm just me. Um, um, and so, therefore, I pray less, because God's going to do what he's going to do and he's going to win. Or maybe I don't seriously pray because I've got high, God on this high hill and I can't reach him and he is too great to care about my day-to-day -day stuff um, that, uh, that really it works against me and, and I don't pray without ceasing uh, because his will is going to be done. Um, I rush to not my will but thine be done, having already decided what God's will is uh, or what I think his will is, so I don't even ask for what I truly want. And I think we need to just pour our heart out, just pour it out. Um, I don't know if you made this point, but Jesus, he prayed all the time. John 17, and then he moved to the garden and he prayed. And I had suspicion that, you know, when he sent, I think it was Peter and James or James and John mm -hmm. to prepare, he was by himself most of the day. And we don't know what was going on. Right. But I suspicion that he would pray. Uh -huh. So let's, let's uh, kind of
of unpacks that, that garden scene, that prayer. Um, what did Jesus, uh, what did he pray after he sent them? He said, you stay here and I'm going to go over to pray. What did he pray? Let this cup pass from me, but not my will but thine be done. So what, let's not gloss over that first part. What, what did we say about um, let it pour, pour it out? Jesus was pouring it out. That's what he really wanted. He really wanted to let the cup pass. That was part of God's plan. You know, he talked about plans earlier. You've got, you got plans for your children. God had plans Every day of our lives, he's got plans for us. That's, we're part of his plan. We're his soldiers. So I just he wants it. to hear from us. Oh, yeah. So why did Jesus do that, knowing that that was part of the plan? All right. What do you think? Could be there for something for us to relate to. We're going to ask for stuff that we may not get. We know that God's will is always going to be on. I think that's exactly right. I think that's it. Jesus did it. Let's do it. The other thing I think about prayer, too, is, yeah, it's definitely about our relationship and our communion with God, but God knows what we want before we ask. So prayer is a lot of benefit for us, too. It's that counsel that we get by praying to Him and then reading His Word to see what His answers are. But to be able to get that off of our chest and lay our burdens out, it makes us feel better. Yeah, He knows everything. He's going to, all the list that you were going through earlier. All of those things, it's like, yeah, that gives us a reason not to, yes. but it's to our own benefit for us. That's right. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, I, I think I don't think Jesus was a, a I don't think it was a futile expression that he was just uttering. I I, I think what he was facing. Who would want that? Who, yes, he was a man. He was a man. He was a man. That's, right. that's right. And, and so let's pray like that. Let's, you know, you might think, well, I'm not going to pray for selfish things. Uh, well, Charles, even that. Uh, yes, Eric. Studying the life of Jesus will make you a better connector with, with God because he, um, he was a man. Changed in my prayer life when I get that. Yeah. That thought of it's all on him. It's 
nothing I can do to change my situation. When I pray to God, it's full control and what happens. So you mentioned asking for things. Um, what about the material things? Do we talk to, to God about that? Do you care about it? Anything. Yeah. What if, what if we wanted? What if we're contemplating uh, buying another car? Wisdom to make the right choice. Yeah. And and should I make this choice? Should I go there? Um, yes. Yes. All of it. Um, uh, you know. All of it. Take it to him. Um. All right, so we're we're out of time. I want to give uh, give Ty a, a, some time, but uh, um, I, I appreciate y'all's input. Uh, and uh, this is a yes, yes, sir. Here. I know I'm not long-winded, but Go God ahead. wants to hear from us each day that we live. We may not be eloquent to get up before the group and lead prayer. God hears us if we do the address and call upon his name. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. Um, I am long-winded, but I'll try not to be. <laughs> uh, I think just I agree with everything we've said. But I think right here at the end, there needs to be one little caveat. Uh, talk about looking at Jesus and the life of Jesus and how that's going to make us better at everything, prayer included. His disciples were no different. They marveled at the way he prayed, right? And so what did they do? They go to him and they say, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, right? And he's going to go through those parables and he's going to talk about, you know, the father and the snakes and the scorpions and the eggs and he's going to talk about knocking on the door and you just keep on knocking and asking but before he does any of that, he says, when you pray, say. And it's what we call the model prayer. It's also found in Matthew, and, but this is Luke's account, Luke chapter 11. And it is a very formal kind of prayer. So I don't want us to get the impression that there's no place for formal prayer also. And I think one of the benefits of, I'm praying all day long, but at the end, end of the day, I I always have a formal prayer to God because there are some things that I should be praying for every day. And the formality of that is helpful to me in saying, well, there are some things that I'm supposed to be praying for. Um, and so I just I want to get that in at the end, maybe, yeah. that there is a place for formal prayer. Thank it's you. just not the only kind of prayer that there is. Uh, and, and I didn't cover that part, and that, that is so right. Uh, that all all us men uh, at some point in time need to lead the uh, the minds of others in a very uh, orderly fashion and and uh, and in a respectful uh, way um, and and when we come up here, young men uh, and and all of us, uh, we need to be sober minded. And, and know what we're doing, know who we're talking to, uh, and and in your homes. Uh, and really, what I've really talked about tonight was praying as men in your mind. That was really my my package tonight. Um, um, but and and I didn't even I didn't think a whole lot about that side. Uh, but that's another lesson right there. And and. So, yes, sir. Any Anybody else before time? Yes, sir. I, I kind, of, kind of going off that, I have an issue with that uh, personally. Okay. So, uh, my, my way around that is uh, I start my morning off on my knees with my hands raised, some reverent position formally. It's, that to me is kind of a tradition. I'm now beginning this conversation with you. There's no act like that. I feel really weird if I just hop in my car and I just start, you know, praying uh, without beginning with that form of addressing him. 
I love, I love knowing this about you. Thank you for that. Anybody else? Brother Ty. Oh, I'm sorry. Barry. Real quick, Debbie. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Um, I, you have to underscore that dependence. Um, I think it's on the top of the board for a reason. The way I see it, because the times that we get off track, we, we become too, too independent. And, um, you know, throughout my whole life, I've had to fight that. Trying to take on too much, trying to do, trying to do it all on our own. Uh, we know we don't have to do that. You know, we can take it to God. We're, we're supposed to take it to God and talk to God. Um, so that's what prayer does: is it recenters us and it brings us, kind of equalizes us back to um, the wrongdoings and the doubts and uh, just the, the mystery of life. And it brings us back. always fight that that urge to be more independent than we should. And I appreciate that coming from you, one of our elders, talking about dependence. That's our that's one of our shepherds underscoring that. That, that we are uh, if we try to take control um, then it's not going to turn out well. Let's let's start it, start our day right, and let's finish it every day. Um, pray. Thank you, Jesse. I don't really know what more I can say. This has been uh, fantastic. I wish we had more time, and I appreciate every everything you put together, all the comments have been made. Um, I, I was thinking about, and, and the point was made here at the very end, you know, Jesse did not, this was not a, a workshop on how to lead a public prayer. I think back, and I'm glad it wasn't, I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, our, our discussion here. I think back growing up at, at some of the, some of the men who, um, I remember in particular and the eloquent prayers that they've led and, and um, you know, Fred Hudson comes to mind, um, Bill Reeves, when, when Garrett was a little fella. I remember we came home after services one day and Garrett said, I love hearing Mr. Reeves pray. He prays in King James. <laughs> but you, you always knew that they were sincere in their, in their voice and in their sentiment. There, there was no show. And so, you know, as, as young men, it's, it, we're all different. For some, it's easy to get up and talk in front of people. For others, it's very intimidating. Um, we, can, we can get in a, in a little trap of thinking, you know, I'm going to forget somebody or I'm going to say the wrong thing or, or you know, what are people going to think about my prayer if it's not perfect and, and all those sorts of things. And um, as, as the point has been made, there is a place for formality and order and things like that. And we need to, to, um, to be sober-minded when we're leading others in prayer. Um, but when we're, when we're in our personal relationship with God, don't let... Um, don't let those fears hinder your personal prayer with your father. The point's been made, we're his children. You know, he, he desires for us to have a close relationship with him, with Jesus. And you, you can't go wrong in your personal prayer if you're pouring your heart out to God. Don't, don't get hung up on on saying the right thing. The point's been made by a couple. You know, he knows what we need before we ask. Um, just work on that personal relationship with, with our Father. I don't have anything more to say, Jesse. Thank you.
September 26th is the next date, so we don't have a teacher uh, topic for that. So uh, first come, first serve. Like uh, I'm expecting my phone to blow up uh, with somebody who'd like to teach, and it can be one of the topics that we have remaining, or it can be uh, something else that somebody else wants to do. Uh, and then after that, October, November, December, all three of those kind of fall on a holiday, so we need to decide if we're going to change the date. Uh, or we're just going to wait to the first of the year and then pick up at the first of the year. So uh, uh, that's something we got to decide. So that's as good as time as any. So let's go ahead and decide what we want to do on that. You want to vote? If you close, close your eyes and I can just put, I can put it up on the screen again. That works. That works. Uh, okay, so. If you want to, let's just wait for the first of the year, and then we'll pick it up again, and, and I'll be happy to teach that first class again, and we can talk about what it is we want to do. We can do it that way, or if somebody has an idea. So if you want to wait till the first of the year, raise your hand. If you want to, let's just figure out some dates in October, November, December, raise your hand. Okay, so that's what we'll do. Uh, what we might do is just, uh, you know, kick it one later, so instead of the last Monday of uh, October, we'll just do the 1st of November, 1st of December. Uh, what is the first Monday in January? That's the second, that's a Monday. Uh, January 26th might not be too bad. Well, that's the day after Christmas, isn't it? Um, December, yeah, December 26th. Um, well, let's, let's just go ahead and do, uh, we'll do, we'll do November 7th and December 5th, and then we'll work.